And as coaches, we can only take other people as far as we've taken ourselves. And when we found grace in chaos, we can hold other people's chaos with an energy of grace. And just by being in your presence, they'll start to shift. Welcome to the Think Out Loud podcast. My name is George Yui, and this podcast is dedicated to those who are passionate about their personal development and are looking to create lives of passion, purpose, and peace. This podcast is called Think Out Loud because I've learned as a coach that when we think out loud, that is where insight is born. We see things more clearly, we feel things more deeply, and we move forward in life from our most authentic self. This is a Soul Fire production. On this episode of the Think Out Loud podcast, I have the opportunity to sit in a powerful coaching conversation with Jeremy Green. Jeremy is a subconscious mindset coach, global community builder, and motivational speaker. In fact, Jeremy operates and manages a global community of over 11 million people. He's most proud, though, of his own story of overcoming debilitating social anxiety and using that story to inspire, empower, and help his clients build and create unshakable and unlimited confidence within themselves as they're stretching out to reach the goals and the results that they desire in their life. In this episode, you're going to get a chance to witness the power of a simple reminder. I always say as a coach, never underestimate the power of a simple reminder. And oftentimes as coaches, we are most powerful when we're silent, when we hold a space where a client can think out loud and give themselves the insight and the reminder that they need to overcome their limitation, their self-sabotage, and take the next step of empowerment and confidence and courage that brings their goals and their results that they desire closer to them. You'll also get a chance to witness as I expand Jeremy's thinking into the realm of what he might think is impossible, and he starts to tap into a sense of what happens if that thing becomes true. Without further ado, let's get this episode started. Welcome to the show, Jeremy. So happy to be here. It's really good to see you again and see you smiling and just, I love, your energy is infectious, man. And um, the last time we were together, we dropped into kind of a spontaneous coaching conversation. And uh, I'm really excited to see how I can best support you today and see what comes up for us. What would make this an amazing conversation for you today, man? Oh, uh, wow. Well, I think if we think out loud, <laughs> it sounds funny to say. Uh, I, I think most of our conversations are very interesting. And what make it interesting is it just to be real and raw and whoever gets value out of that amazing um some of the best conversations are the one that is not planned let me reframe the question yeah how can i support you today yeah uh it's a great question i think i go through waves of believing in my value and I went through a phase a few months ago or half a year ago where I just felt on top of the world. I was leading with so much passion. I was leading with so much confidence. And I felt like so much, like I was worth a lot. Um, not, just, not just monetarily, but my impact. And 
I go in through I go through stages where I, I go back to like older version of myself and it frustrates me mm-hmm. <laughs> because I know deep down there's a part of me that know that believes in his ability my ability to lead and to bring a bunch of value and then also there I think it's the elephant in the room charge a lot for what I do for example I'll see someone with a fraction of my skill set and my experience charging so much money for coaching and I have this like guilt around charging a lot of money for coaching because I just absolutely love helping people Mm -hmm. uh so I guess turning the volume on turning down the volume of guilt for charging a lot for coaching and just believing more in what I do and be able to feel more unstoppable like I used to Mm -hmm. like maybe six months ago. Mm -hmm. There's a stressful thought around charging high fees. Mm -hmm. What is that thought? Like think that out loud. What is that thought? Yeah. Charging a lot. I think I I feel an old story that comes up is, is I feel guilty um, charging a lot of money for coaching. And I've gone through phases of charging a bunch or charging a lot of money. And those clients got, a lot more value if I'm talking about it in a real if to be honest and then I just I think there's there's a shame component maybe of a combination of maybe the story of I'm taking advantage of them even though they're getting a lot of value so the story doesn't make sense and also am I worth it hmm. am I worth that amount am I a bad guy if I charge a, a lot of money for coaching Am I selfish? Um, I've I've been leading like um, free groups for seven years, just about, and the it's hard for me to charge anything for a long time. And I started out doing a donation based group, and I noticed a trend of the people who donated or, or invested in themselves got so much more value. Like the next week, they they. You know, dive in. I'm like, all right. You said you're gonna do this, and the people who donated or invested in themselves did these things, and the people who didn't pay, which I didn't mind, didn't do the things. So maybe I'm saying this as to a reminder to myself. Uh, <laughs> I definitely am. <laughs> but uh, I know from an intellectual space, not. Um, holding a space for the people to, to invest a certain amount is only doing a negative. It's only negative, but emotionally there's, there's, there's a disconnect. So you kind of caught something. What's the reminder that you need to hear the most right now? (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Mm, that got me in my feels. I think um, there's a part of me that still believes from a, a young age that I don't provide any value into the world. It's still there. Even though I've done so much work, so much work around this. And the reminder is... First of all, before the reminder, is that statement true? <laughs> no, it's definitely not. What is true? I... I bring inspiration and I, I, I hold space for people to 
water and practice the best versions of themselves or practice a version of themselves they're most proud of. I get messages all the time saying or sharing their gratitude for meeting me or because I've been traveling two years straight and I'll meet someone just in a cafe or just for moments. And all, all the time I get people saying, meeting you just really helped me and changed my life in a very impactful way. I get this all the time. And I'm not saying it from an ego space. I'm saying it from like a factual space. That's hard to um, absorb. And I think I get these messages. And to be honest, I sometimes don't internalize them. Because uh, then that would almost disregard an old message of I don't bring value. And I don't know. I talk about this a lot. Like I, I've done work around it. And I've made a lot of progress. So it's still there. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating. Like I've done it where I've had a whole schedule of clients doing really well, um, feeling into or charging a certain amount for each one. And they're all getting value. They're all transforming their lives. And then I, I feel like I think the thing I was missing is I sabotage. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, oh no I'm getting too big I'm getting too successful and there's a part of me that freaks out and then I sabotage I don't want to do that anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> I at least want I, like we, a thing that came up last time in our conversation is recommitting and since we last met I recommitted <laughs> I did a, a run slash dance yesterday morning I did some um, self care I've been taking care of myself more I have been doing my morning ritual and it's been a game changer. Mm-hmm. And um, it's something we talked about, you know, as I do work, we talked about vulnerability hangover the next day and how much, how it's even more important to do the the work the next day or do the self-improvement exercise to do the, the morning ritual. I almost forgot that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I almost forgot to pour into myself in order to really support my clients and people around me. I'm going to let you sit with that. And I'm going to do something I've never done before. I'm going to talk to the audience while you just sit and what you just aired out for a second. Yeah, A lot just came through for there. What's really powerful about powerful coaching is that as coaches, I believe that we are most powerful when we're silent. What was really beautiful that we just witnessed is that through the process of thinking out loud, you were able to stumble on what's true versus what's not true. And Jeremy was able to actually give himself the reminder and give himself the insight that he needs the most. You know, my coach, Rich Lippin, he has this funny joke that he says, I'm in the reminder business. (laughs) (laughs) And there's three things that are coming up for me right now. And number one It's this process that just because we think we've healed through something before, we get this belief that we should be completely over it. There's something that young Pablo said in his book, Lighter, that really resonated with me when I was going through depression in November of last year. And it was that this notion that the healing never stops, but it stuck with me differently because he specifically said, the more, the deeper the wound and deeper the cut, the more times we have to let the origin of where that cut came from go. Wow. And so 
there's this guilt and shame associated with, oh, I've done so much work around this. I've done so much work around this. And, and, and it never actually ends up stopping. And so giving ourselves the grace that, ah, this is an opportunity for me to go back and revisit those stories that I don't provide value in the world, which are the stories that are rooted in, in the shame and the guilt. That's number one. Number two, what Jeremy is experiencing is very normal when, when not even for just when you're starting a coaching practice, but seven years of experience as a successful coach, as someone who's traveled the world, inspired people all around the world, helped people break through their limitations and their goals. There is this very sticky feeling of shame and self-worth associated with money. It's very common. It's very normal. And I just want to acknowledge the normalcy of that. And that shame story is predicated on a tie, a dot that, that Jeremy's connecting inside of his head and brain that the money that he charges for coaching is tied to his self-worth. Yeah. And where we get to go with that is what if that is actually not true? What if the money that you charge has nothing to do with your self-worth or your coaching program or your talent or your skills? Now, going back to the shame story, what's really powerful about deep work around shame is that we can pull those stories out. And Jeremy, I'm going to come back to you now, is we can audit them and ask ourselves, okay, what's the stressful thought? I don't provide any value. I don't provide value to the world. And you got an insight of like, wow, that's not true. And there's all this slew of evidence to support that, Mm -hmm. right? So yes, we can unwind that shame story and see how there is a creation of limitation. But what's really beneficial is that what if we didn't even have to get over that shame storm to start being able to increase your rates? Mm. What if it's a reframe that the money that you charge is not a reflection of your value? The money that you charge is a reflection of the quality of the dreams and the results that your clients are pursuing in their life are after. Wow. Right now, your mind thinks that your clients are paying for you. No, no, no. Never. They're not paying, not for me, not for you, not for any coach out there. Your clients are paying for the results and the dreams that they have. That's it. It's that simple. Your, you might, your program may be a mechanism and a process, but they're not paying. They don't want Jeremy. They don't want George. They don't want coaching. They want their dreams. They want their relationships to be improved. They want to live a purposeful, active, fulfilling life. They want to start a business. They want to create an art project. They want to pursue music. They want to, they want to expand their sense of aliveness. And there are specific things that our role as coaches is designed to draw and provoke what those things are. And what's really powerful is that when you have an understanding that the money that you charge is related to the goals and the dreams that they have, you can extrapolate them through questions about what are your desires? What do you dream the most? What are you too afraid to ask for? And then as you start going through the full wheel of life, their health, their body, their work, their finances, their relationships, their spiritual connection, 
their sense of contribution in the world, their quality of life and what they want to experience in terms of personal leisure. And you unpack all that. And then you just simply ask them, what is that worth to you? Hmm. What do you think that they would say? Unlimited. <laughs> it was priceless. Priceless. If you've done your job, you will hear that answer consistently because they actually don't create a monetary connection to the dreams that they have, but the feeling is so great that it's invaluable. Yeah. And it's interesting you bring this up, talking about the reminder. <laughs> Your coach, as I know this, like I, I, um, I've learned this. However, I've not reminded myself of this in a long time. And it's it's true. Like when I first invested in myself, like thousands and thousands of dollars, most of my impact was before our first session. Most of the impact is like I I invested thousands of dollars in myself, and I started doing all the things I knew would help me, but I've been putting off. And it wasn't until I spent thousands of dollars that I started to do it. Before our first session, before the first session with my coach. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you, like, what is that about? Like, do you think that everyone knows what they need to do, but they're kind of, do they not have the um, permission to do so? Like, what is it about that energy? In terms of the financial energy exchange? Yeah. It's about commitment. Mm. Money is just energy. Mm -hmm. When you invest the way that I frame my proposals is that there are five commitments that any client has to meet in order for me to want to work with them. It's an audition. It's not, I work with anybody and everybody. I'm very specific on the criteria the client has to meet. And one of those five criteria is they must understand the power of commitment mm. because there's intention. I want to grow my business. I want to live a purposeful life. But intention without a decision to make it happen means nothing. And then a decision without follow through to action also means nothing. And most people just lay in the land of indecision. But once you have intention, decision, and action, those three together to me is what commitment is. And when you decide to invest financial energy, your mental energy, your physical energy, your emotional energy, your time, all the energy follows suit with when you, when you put a down payment on the dreams that you are pursuing. And so there's an energetic investment. Low dollar investment means low, dollar, low energy investment and low energy commitment. I mean, I'll, I'll ask you the same question. Mm. You've even had evidence of when you have charged more, mm -hmm. clients get more results. A lot more. Why do you think that is? I think because I'm holding space for them to value and to put there's more energy into their commitment when it comes down to it. Um, the first time I got my high paying, I got a high paying client, I set a number that terrified me. And in my head, I'm like, I, I'm just gonna, in the worst case scenario, they say, I say, I'm just joking. And right away, they're like, that sounds great. And then we got off the call. I cried like a man because <laughs> I it was quite this shit as far as how much I charge. Mm -hmm. 
And that client got so much value. Mm -hmm. Then the, the sad, a month two and three, it lowered the, the amount because they didn't have a job. And the amount of value they got from the coaching just diminished. So just sit with that for a second. If your rates and the amount that you're charging has a direct relation to the value that they are receiving, and I should say not even receiving, the value that they are creating in their life. Mm -hmm. What's the reframe there about what you have in terms of an obligation to your clients and potential clients? What's your obligation then if the rate that you charge is directly proportioned to the value that they create? <sighs> I think I... I... <laughs> I have an obligation to, to charge more so that they can get a lot more value and a lot more, what's, what's the better word for value? Transformations. Um, I, I'm definitely doing a disservice to myself and my future clients by not charging a certain amount. That's a whole reframe. The, the, the previous formula had you involved in the equation. Your value equals your rate. Th that is a variable you could completely discard. Working on your value is a separate thing, and we can do that. But when it just comes to your rate and what you're choosing to charge with your rate, the, the mindset shift is an awareness that you have a moral and coaching responsibility to charge rates that are going to compel your clients to step up and take action. Mm. And that is what creates value in their life. Right now, subconsciously, and this is what a lot of coaches do, is that we believe that the magic of coaching happens during the coaching call. And that is not true. Mm -mm. The magic of co coaching happens in between the call, in between the programs, after the workshops, not during. Coaching primes and sets the foundation for the client to go out and create the change that they want in the world. My clients work with me and I give them a relief when I'm enrolling them and I tell them that your results are your responsibility. I'm an expert in human psychology, in energy transformation, at creating insight, at a variety of different things that are going to help you lead yourself and influence yourself to break through limitation. And you're going to get powerful insights going to completely change the way that you view yourself in the world. And I'm going to be less attached to your goals than you are because your results are your responsibility. The magic happens after the call. When you decide to take that one step that we outline, that one action item, insight is really powerful, but insight alone means nothing. Insight plus action that equals transformation. And that action is your responsibility, not mine. Yeah. And my clients that work with me that decide to say yes after that feel empowered because now I'm not creating a codependent relationship. Whereas my, my coaching is going to make sure that your results happen. That's not true. You are the one that makes sure that your results happen. And there's a return of power back to the clients that I serve and support as a result of that. And what's really great is that I don't have to play the accountability role to them. 
That's low energy conversation. Hey, did you do that thing? Did you post that thing? Did you do the thing that you said you were gonna do? That's not the game I play. That's low vibration coaching in my opinion. And some people, there's a, there's a world where that exists and, that, and that's supportive for certain people. But we're playing a different game. You're over seven years in this game, man. That's actually even longer than, than I've been, than, than my coaching practice has been alive. Yeah, I'm doing self-development for 18 years. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually been a coach my entire life. It's just, I, I, I just, I've been a professional for, for four years now, but uh, my coach asked me, how long have you, been? and that's, that's a huge insight as well too, right? My coach once asked me, George, how long have you been a coach? And I was like, well, I started Shapeshift in 2018. And he goes, no, 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 that's not, I didn't ask you when you started your business. Hmm. I asked you, how long have you been in, been passionate about holding space for other people, listening to their challenges, wanting to help them grow? And immediately I flash back to this conversation that I had with a senior in high school when I was a freshman. And it was this really powerful moment where I coached him. I didn't call it that at the time, but he was having a challenge in a relationship. We had a powerful conversation that created insight. And he was so blown away that he was like, George, take out your phone. And I was like, okay, here's my phone. And I was worried because he was like this huge guy, benched 350 pounds. And drove this like lifted f-250 and nobody oh, was the guy that like everyone like knew that would fight and you know get into that kind of stuff and he was like george if anyone ever fucks with you i got your back you never have to worry about a thing <laughs> and i was like whoa what just happened right i kind of digress but the, the point is is that for us coaches when we can realize that coaching is not this thing that we just decide to do the coaches that decide to do coaching to try to make a living, they tend to not, they tend to fade out of it because coaching to me is a way of being in the world. I, I got some feedback recently of like, you know, George is kind of always coaching and it's like, I'm not trying to, that's just who I am. I love depth. I love intimacy. I love talking about people's dreams. I love hearing about people's challenges. It's just who I am. I can't help it. That's just, the same. it's my way of being, the right? Same, same way some people don't like it. <laughs> And that's where we, it's on us to ask for permission and make yeah, sure that we've got that safe space, right? But mm. here's the thing about like our value is that you and I have a lifetime. We've, we've had tens of thousands of conversations at this point. Paid, not paid, it doesn't matter. The level of experience that we have is way beyond 10,000 10, hours of commitment and mastery. And when we can kind of tap into a sense of that, again, a reminder, what you know and what you're integrating in your being are different. And just that's why we need these reminders. That's why we have these manifestos to remind us of where we're powerful, where our value is. And that's just for us. That's so we can stand in our self-love and our certainty about who we are. And, and our way of being in the world. And I find that when we're up against a new challenge or we're up against a new opportunity to do something different that we've never done before, as coaches, maybe it's a new intensive, a new program, a new retreat, whatever it is. The question is not what to do, but who do I want to be? Mm, I, was, I was just thinking that. And so I who do you want to be? I want to be a powerhouse leader who inspires people 
to practice the best version of themselves. And it's such a great reminder in this moment. <laughs> because uh, there's a level of just forgiving myself for not practicing that part of me. And there's a level of excitement for choosing to practice feeding and, and pouring into the version of myself that is leading, that is facilitating, that is helping people transform everywhere I go. And I often talk about this as who we are is like going to the gym. I can do like one rep of I bring value everywhere I go, or I can do a rep of I bring no value. And oftentimes I'll work with a client and they've been doing reps left and right with I bring no value. So that muscle is really strong. And what I noticed is I'll have them I'll, come on. Let me hear. Let me let me hear the other side. I bring value everywhere I go. I can feel the cringe and the discomfort, and they'll do it. It doesn't feel right. And I'm like, of course it doesn't feel right, because that muscle is not strong right now. Right. So if you're doing a rep like a third, whatever dumb bat, I'm just doing this as my example. If you do a rep and you think I do one curl, it doesn't feel right. Does that mean it's not doing anything, or is you just can choose to do more and more and more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And actually, it, it used to not be automatic, but nowadays when I notice those in my inner critic, inner saboteur, saboteur negative voice saying, you know, you don't bring value, you're not on the right path, you're messing up, I'll just let it flow. I, I always see it as like a stream of, wa- of water flowing, you know, I'll let it flow away. And I'm, All right. Thanks for sharing. I bring value everywhere I go. I'm powerful. I'm incredible. <sighs> I, I love, but also hate at the same time. <laughs> the idea we're always, we are always practicing who we are. And I'm not, I'm not going to like get frustrated and triggered and people say like, oh, this is who I am. What's the beauty behind that for you? The beauty is just, we can always evolve. We can always choose who we are. We can always, um, if someone is not confident, if someone is not happy in their life, if someone is in that space, they can choose like that to start practicing. I, I'm, a, I'm a leader. I am happy. <laughs> I'm satisfied. I'm grateful. And it's a beautiful story it has me think of. And I've um, facilitated retreats around the world, Australia and Canada and all over the world. I, I, I ran a global community, a global men's group during the pandemic, men all over the world, Germany, Belgium, Australia, all over the world. And um, one of the first times I ever led, um, facilitated a group, I hadn't really led anything at that point. This is years ago. And just for fun, I said to myself, I'm a powerful leader. I said it to myself over and over again. I am such a powerful leader who holds a space for people to transform to the ideal version of themselves. I started saying this over and over again. And I never led anything at that point. And I just remember leading so powerfully. I was like, whoa. (laughs) At any moment, I can just, like that, create whoever I want to be in that moment to serve what I, what the, the expectations that are there that are there for me. I think that's amazing. It's powerful, man. Yeah. The thing that's coming up for me is you've made this reference to the bicep curl. 
the physical body is seemingly the most accessible piece of equipment in our human body, in our humanness to work out because it's tangible, it's physical, we can see it, we can measure it, we can touch it. There's a version of the mind that has a mental bicep curl that we oftentimes fall out of practice. Mm. And what ends up happening is when we fall out of practice, the old mind comes back. You're not good enough. You don't provide value in the world. Nobody will pay high ticket fee coaching. And that reel just perpetuates. And you you have the vision of the river of letting it go. But you said something really powerful, which is a version of a mental bicep curl. And it's a mantra, an incantation, something that replaces that negative self-talk with empowering self-talk. And the reason why this is so important of a practice is because it actually creates new neural connections inside of your brain. And with repetition, because repetition is the mother of all skill, continued practice strengthens those connections inside of your brain. And so what's beautiful about practice is that practice over time and through repetition, it's kind of like the evolution of a belief system. You have a belief and you're not sure if it's true or not. You go out and serve the world, and then there's all of a sudden this tangible evidence that you know that you provide value in the world. A belief turns into a knowing. Mm. And then with continued practice, the knowing becomes embodied, and then the embodiment becomes your identity. And it starts with the mantra, I know who I am. I know I provide value in the world. I'm a powerful leader. Who can I serve next? <laughs> like, let's just repeat that for a second. Okay. Let's do the let's do the bicep curl, and I'll say one, and then you say one, and then I'll say, "I know who I am. I know who I am. I know I'm powerful. I know I'm powerful. I know I provide value in the world. I know I provide value in the world. Who is one person I can serve next?" Who is one person I can serve next? (laughs) It's interesting. As I say that, so many faces pop up. That's your intuition. That's the impulse to reach out. When Mm. I'm in client creation mode, I say that. I say a variation of that. I ask myself, and I, I do my meditation ritual, and then at the very end, I ask myself, who would be one really fun, exciting, and extraordinary person to connect with right now? And then boom, a face comes up, a name comes up. And I cannot tell you how many times I've actually followed that impulse, reached out and just had a general connection conversation. No invite, no proposal. And I just asked them with genuine curiosity, what's going on in your world? What are you working on? What are you focusing on? Hmm. What are some challenges you're experiencing as you're going through that? And here's a key question. This is probably the most powerful enrollment question you can ever ask somebody when they share a hardship and a dream. Would you like some help with that? I've done this a version of that, which is, are you open to support? It's very similar, but yeah, I like, yeah. Yeah. Open to support. And then you go Would through you like it. Help with that? And then you invite them to an experience with you and then you go through your process, right? Mm-hmm. But it, again, it it's... That's your way of being in the world. That being that chosen identity of being someone who's inspirational, who helps people, 
that is your way of being. And so there are days where you don't feel connected to that value. And that's when, and, and, and keeping that consistent practice, you know, I have a, I have a, a manifesto and it's about 35 lines long. It's taking me three years to build. And it's, it's something that I read as part of my morning ritual every day. I read it back to myself. And some of the statements aren't even true today, but reading them pulls that future self into the present moment. So I show up in that way of being. And I do it when I'm even feeling good. And I definitely do it when I'm feeling off. But the point is, this is the consistency and the two minutes it takes to read these lines is the mental bicep curl that I'm choosing to stay strong for myself. And really, it's it's not just for me, but it's for others. Because when I'm uncertain, when I'm not feeling connected to myself, I can only connect with you as much as I'm connecting with myself. Hmm. So I find that I just don't have the time not to do these things because I have a commitment to serve people as powerfully as I possibly can. And I know that I have to nurture myself in that way. That's why I've got the two and a half, three hour morning routine. And it's taken time to build that, right? But that's you're just giving yourself, and, and this is where we were coming last time, mm. this recommitment to self. I hadn't been doing it. Hadn't been doing it. And then I just, that's a good reminder. <laughs> I started to connect, started connecting myself more and more since we last met. And I've obviously gone through stages in my life where I had a very consistent <laughs> morning and night ritual. And it's just 10 out of 10 as far as my ability to hold space for others is, as you say, my, my commitment to connecting with myself. The theme of wholesome comes up for me right now. Wholesome is this understanding that it's good for Jeremy, it's good for George, and therefore it's good for the unit that we create between us. Because if it's good for Jeremy, but if it's not good for George, it's actually not good for the unit because the version of myself that's contributing to that unit isn't the best it can be. And if it's not good for the unit, it's not good for Jeremy. It's not wholesome. It's gotta be good for you. It's gotta be good for me. And therefore it's good for us. And we get a returned benefit from that. Mm. Being able to understand and have an openness to be receiving value for yourself in the time that you choose to create for yourself in the morning and how you benefit from, from raising your rates in a certain level and how you can tie that back to how it benefits the client. If I'm not able to support myself as a coach, how am I supposed to be able to coach you? If I'm in a state of desperation and struggle, how am I supposed to be able to support you? Mm -hmm. I have an obligation to myself to take, make sure that my needs are met and taken care of so I can support you in the best way possible, right? So there's a tie back to always how my benefit is actually to your benefit as well. And it has to be honest and true. It can't be exacerbated. But when there's a sense of an awareness around that and there's a you standing in that commitment to yourself, your clients will feel that. They'll feel a level of certainty that they lack within themselves and they'll feel a sense of respect for you because you're a man that's chosen to understand what's going to be valuable to you in your life. When I put an out of office away and say, I'm client, I need to reschedule this, or I usually don't reschedule, but if I say I'm going away for a month, I'm, I'm going to Burning Man, and then I'm going to go travel internationally, my clients are like, wow, 
he's taking the time for himself. They like being around that energy. They want to be led by people who powerfully lead themselves. The first stage of leadership is being able to lead ourselves and having an awareness and being able to journal and write out all the benefits in terms of wholesomeness, how this benefits me and how when I benefit, these are all the specific reasons in the way that Jeremy benefits. Mm. Jeremy benefits because I'm so present with him right now. My energy is rich. My thoughts are clear. My heart is open. And I'm able to hold the space in mountain coming at it from my core and coming at it clear, present. And when I'm clear and present, he's able to get really powerful insights that can completely change the trajectory of his business, of his level of self-worth. And, and two degrees, the clients that he then supports are being affected by my influence because now he's clear, he's grounded, he's centered. And now those clients around the world, people I probably will never meet, are gonna benefit from that. Mm. When you create degrees and layers of positive results that happen as a result of wholesome exchange, that's what allows you to stand in your power. The download I get is quality leads to quantity. Mm. So if I am fully present and fully just in a space with you and holding space and listening and whatever, if I'm fully in this with you, then the level of quantity goes up as opposed to half-assing relationships. It's, 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 it's interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. It's like, I had to help. I had this. Like, Let me help so many people. But because I'm working on, I'm thinking about so many people, I half-ass it because I only have a certain amount of energy. Such a good, that's a beautiful reminder and a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Quality leads to quantity. Mm-hmm. Oof. Damn. <laughs> I love that so much. And I think um, something that came up for me is how our brains are so programmed just for survival. And that makes it so hard sometimes. And having that awareness is so powerful. I remember I had this friend who I met on Clubhouse and he pitched in the World Series and you might know him. <laughs> and he, he has a he has a, like a mindset coach. He's pitching in the World Series and he's very nervous. He's like freaking out. And his coach says, What's wrong? What's going on? He's like, I don't know. I'm I'm about to pitch the World Series. I'm like, what if it goes wrong? And then he stops him. And I was like, I hear that. What if it goes right? And I think having that awareness that our brain is almost always, if you're not doing the work, obviously focusing on what if it goes wrong how do i survive our brains are so focused on the negative and like just to survive that there's a there's a, a choice so often where we can just stop and say what if it goes right what did i do right a perfect example of this is i'm, I'm leading like a group program and i i i i held the space for one of my people one of the people in the program to lead and the first thing she says when I get off the call is, so give me feedback. What did I do wrong? <laughs> she was like waiting for the criticism. I was like, mm, I'm more interested in what you think you did right. And she, she had so much trouble with that. And I did not move on until I, I forced her to tell her to say what she, what she thinks she did right. I didn't even tell her what she did, quote unquote, wrong. Because it didn't matter. 
Because the more she focuses, she focuses on what she did right, the better she's going to get. Unless she's going to feel like she has to be perfect. I feel like so many people live in this world of perfectionism all areas of their life. I'm not doing it perfect. I messed up. I could have done this better. Oh, I've been there. I've done it a lot. When I chose to just say what I do right, what I learned from that, it was it's just a game changer. So here's a question for you. Yeah. What's your upcoming World Series pitch? <laughs> upcoming World Series pitch. Who's the player? Who are they playing? No, <laughs> <laughs> What's that for you? What's the next huge endeavor that feels scary that's also activating that low self-esteem, low self-value, fear of if it goes wrong? What would be that next? For me, me. For me. For you. Yeah, okay, for yeah. you. And it's not the current coaching program. You're already doing that. What's the, what's that next thing that is either scheduled and coming up or m- maybe you've been shucking to the side in the back of your mind. But if we bring that up to the center and say like, oh, that's my, that's my World Series pitch. That's the thing. Mm, that's a good question. I love that. What is it? And if it were to go right, what would it look like? <laughs> Well, I'm working on, so um, we haven't talked about this much, but I'm working with uh, an amazing YouTuber. This guy has a community of 11 million. Um, He's been to every country in the world. And his name is Drew Binsky. And I run his global community. And I can't believe it. Like, it's my life because I looked up to this guy. The reason I'm bringing this up is there's a project I'm working on for him and that is uh, like a documentary slash docu-series where we're gonna, I don't wanna get into it right now, but we're gonna do a really challenging challenge, travel challenge mixed with interviewing people and mixed with asking deep questions of people. We're gonna dive into the mental health aspect of, the, of globally, on and on and on. And I've never done anything to this degree before. And that voice in there is freaking out. It's not going to go well. You've never done this. Why are you doing this? Do something you're more comfortable with. Um, my, my World Series pitch <laughs> sounds so low, but it is, it's, it's high. Is get, get one huge project in the books. Get a bunch of docuseries in the books. And it'll get easier and easier and more fun, more fun and more impactful and more impactful. It doesn't matter whether you've done something or not. What matters is what are the strengths that you possess, that you have, that are going to enable and empower this project to be successful? <laughs> my whole life. Um, I think I have had my Jeremy Talks to Strangers Instagram going for many years now. So I've been doing it for many years like the things the thing i'm doing is a different vehicle obviously the thing i'm going to be doing traveling with like a film crew and f- filming the stuff like i've already been doing the action already it's just a new vehicle right um i've been doing that like i one of my challenges is i interviewed celebrities on the red carpet and that was just as a social challenge for myself i've already like done the projects of just engaging with people around the world traveling for two years straight like i've done it it's just a different vehicle. And yes, it's not going to be perfect. <laughs> I think that's the beauty of it. Mm-hmm.
I'm like, I'm grateful it's not going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And we can talk on and on about how so many people don't go for it because they're f- the fear of perfection or f- the fear that it won't be perfect. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's so much, so much beauty and there's so much value in things not going perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like for example, look at improv. <laughs> it's only funny when they say something imperfect. You were talking earlier about the frustration you felt with having to practice these things again and again and again and again, and how that can be frustrating. I find it very human. And what's very human creates empathy. As coaches and as leaders and as creators, I believe that we're most powerful when we're vulnerable. This podcast is different because I lead with a tremendous amount of vulnerability and rawness and tenderness that people have reached out in tears because they feel so resonant to it and they feel not alone. These experiences of imperfection empower us more in our humanness to connect and relate with people in a way that draws draws them in. And it's real, it's honest, and real and honesty and authenticity create trust. And so that thing that we're frustrated with is actually the thing that's consistently allowing us to revisit our humanness and connect with other people in that way. Wow. Or it came up just now as I was leading the group program yesterday, or co-leading actually. And I just I as she's leading, she asked me sir certain questions, and I responded with some pretty serious vulnerability where I told her that I wake up most days pretty depressed and in a challenging space. And it was it was very uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable for me to to share that because then am I losing my you know leadership? Am I, am I losing that? And I, I noticed as it looks around, there's a level of uh, strengthening and trust in who I am. Like, oh, wow, thank you for sharing that. Like, there was, they almost were more trusting of me. And I forget that sometimes. And I'm far from perfect. And mo- most of the time, the impact that is most powerful with my clients is, oh, I know how you feel, right? Because I, I didn't really talk too much of my past, but I had so many years of just debilitating social anxiety. Many years, I had years of depression, years of worthlessness, so many years of that, that I know how it feels. And I talk about the frustration of I've done this work over and over again. But it's almost beautiful because it helps me kind of be at the level of my clients, right? If I've done the work and I don't need to do it anymore, then I feel like, it's almost, it's, it's almost bad because I don't, I, I will lose that connection. That's a huge insight. Hmm. You're most powerful when you lead with your vulnerability. Yeah. If you were to enter every coaching group coaching conversation with a vulnerable story and you could start with, here's what I don't want you to know about me. You'll captivate the room. You'll create an energetic connection between you and your audience. And it, most importantly, gives them permission to accept and acknowledge their imperfection and their vulnerabilities. And that's where we get to play and work is navigating through those things once they're revealed at the surface level. Leaders go first. And this podcast is a perfect example of that. 
Think Out Loud was created when I was going through my third depression. After mm. heartbreak, after professional uh, separation. And it's when we go through pain and ask ourselves, how could I take this pain and turn it into purpose? Meaning, how can I take this pain and create something, do something, and use it as a way to help other people? That's what separates coaches, is that we, we, we use it as inspiration. We go through it, we address it, we be with ourselves and hold the intimacy of that vulnerability with compassion and with kindness, without having to fix it and change it and find the answer right away, just being with it. And that creates the empathy because we've been there. And as coaches, we can only take other people as far as we've taken ourselves. So mm. we have that responsibility. Of, I'm gonna embrace this period of darkness for as long as is needed without rushing it, without forcing it. And that's how we find grace. And when we found grace in chaos, we can hold other people's chaos with an energy of grace. And just by being in your presence, they'll start to shift. Mm. That's, the, that's the mastery of what we do is that the best certification that we can get as coaches, as life coaches, is to live our life and embrace the full spectrum of life Ugh. and our human emotion and our human experience and embrace it all with love. And it's hard and that's why we gotta do it. <laughs> it's so hard. But we can do hard. Yes, so we're the type of people that do challenging things. I had a massive insight the other day after talking to a dear friend of mine because he was saying how the summation of his work is boiled down into three words. Hmm. And I came up with my four words of what, if, if I sum up everything I do, podcast, coaching, masterminds, retreats, intensives, speaking engagements, corporate work, it comes down to these four words. I believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> the beautiful part about this is what's written on my sweatshirt. <laughs> I'm on your team. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And, it's, and it goes back to what we talked about. like The level of me being able to be on your team in a powerful way or I believe in you. It come, boils down. It comes right back to how much I believe in myself. That's it. I think we're there, man. <laughs> so, I'm so excited. <laughs> I cannot wait to see what you create next. And I can't wait to see the documentary. Oh, it's going to be so good. <laughs> and imperfect in the best way. <laughs> That's a mantra that I want to keep hearing out of your mouth. It's going to be so good. <laughs> Oh. thanks for playing with me Jeremy thanks <laughs> thanks for creating the playground <laughs> <laughs> good stuff man thanks again for tuning in to this episode of the Think Out Loud podcast if you liked it please don't forget to subscribe rate and review it and potentially share it with a friend and if you're looking to get in touch with me you can find me on Instagram at shapeshift underscore coach or just search my name and you can also find me on my website at www.shapeshiftcoach.com. Look forward to seeing you here again soon.